Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, when it grind. Yeah, I got the ring. I'm the champ. I'm the genie of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my hustle. It don't make sense, but don't make a profit. So I hustle, ladies and homies. Make money, make money, money, money. I want to find a thing that saved my life. So I hustle, hustle. It ain't over for me. No, it ain't over for me. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money! Show me the money! Okay, let's go smoke that joint. What up, what up, Fantasy Football Hustler, back at you with another live stream, and we're going to be talking about some rookie wide receivers today. I am hyped. If it's your first time here, make sure you smash the subscribe button. Make sure you hit the like button wherever you are watching right now. If you're watching on Facebook, hop over to YouTube, go subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, go over to Facebook, go subscribe at FF Hustler. 420. I appreciate it, guys. And don't forget, if you're trying to get into a dynasty league, you want a real legit dynasty league where everything's an experience, go get signed up on my Patreon, fantasyfootballhustler.com. It'll be the top link on there. Go check it out. We got a lot of tiers on there, building a really, really solid community. It's active 24-7. All right. Now, I'm excited. I've been bringing a lot of guests on the show. Here's someone who I've been talking to for a while. Uh, if you are on Fantasy Twitter, you are no stranger to Elvin. Uh, he's doing his thing. He's a, a ranker for Fantasy Pros. He's been doing that forever. I know he's dominated the Scott Fishbowl uh, a few times. So, yeah, let's bring him on here, my man, Elvin. What's up, man? What's up? What up? What's going on? Not much. Just another day in the life. Loving it. Hell yeah, man. Get to talk fantasy football. Nothing better. Antonio, what up? What up? All right. Before we get into all this wide receiver talk, I want to hear a little bit about your backstory, at least with fantasy football. So not even your start just in the industry, you know, so to speak, but how about just you as a as a manager, you know, or just playing in fantasy football leagues? Dude, man, I probably started playing around the time that like AOL was popular, like dial-up yeah i remember being in my i lived with my uncle man and just like getting on there like waiting for it to load up just to where i can change some things that was when fantasy was first coming into the internet world whenever they kind of collided i think that's whenever i got in i was never like one of the pen and paper guys like tracking stats i know that we have some dinosaurs out there but uh i got in pretty early uh and i still play with the same group of guys 
back home. Sweet. It's still like majority of the same fourteen man league that we've had for a long time. Hell yeah. So uh, if you go all the way back there, who are some of the, the top guys that you can remember drafting? Guys who are like, you became fans of them no matter what, you know, team you're a fan of. Shit, man. That, that is tough. Uh, I mean, 2006, it was, it was around, 2006 is whenever I really started getting in it. Uh, God, that, that's a tough question. I would Think have to go back. We'll come back. I want you to think yeah. of like one person who like, you know, the player did so good, he made you more of a fantasy football fan. Like I, th- I think one, one of my uh, biggest like learning curves early on is I was such a homer and like I, I wanted all my my guys. I wanted uh, like the Deuce McAllister's and Reggie Bush and stuff. So uh, <laughs> I think I was, I was a Marcus Colston guy. I think I just wanted all the Saints players and I learned quick that you can't do that. You want to be successful in fantasy. Devin, what up? Marcus Colston, I was a big fan of him. And, um, yeah, he just – I know he had that one breakout year, and then I was so high on him the next year, and then he just like, what about in the content creation space and, like, getting into being a ranker? Like, when did all that kind of come to fruition? Uh, I'll say about two and a half years ago, uh, a buddy of mine, HTM Sports, Devin Snow, he, like, asked me if I wanted to – uh, cover fantasy football for him. And I was like, man, I mean, I played fantasy for a long time. Like, let's give it a go, you know. And then uh, we're still friends, but I guess, like, I, we disagreed on the direction that he was taking that. So I was like, man, I, I got to reach out. So I created my own website, and I had, like, a bunch of little websites. And then uh, I ended up having the pregame HQ, reached out to Fantasy Pros, and uh, Blaine was able to get me uh, set up over there where I ranked for a little bit before I was added to the ECR. Like you, you, you kind of, you have access to their ranking uh, structure and whatnot, but you're not shown on fantasy pros uh, until they feel, I guess that you're a fit for the ECR. And then they go ahead and add you. And then uh, recently I sold the pregame HQ to uh, Nuggy Wuggy on Twitter, Twitter, if you follow him. Yeah. Uh, so now I just, I'm doing fantasy feeds uh, where proceeds from my fantasy advice on, on Patreon uh, go to feeding uh, the hungry Americans here in the USA. So that's about all we're doing now. I like it. So make sure you go follow him uh, on Patreon. What's uh, what's your Patreon link? It's fantasy feeds. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. I love supporting. Let's get the support going. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into the top 10. I'm excited to hear about um, the back end of your top 10 here. So Anthony Schwartz, you got him at top 10 out of Auburn, someone who I haven't watched much film on him, so I'm excited to get your takes on him. Yeah, uh, you, you probably won't see him in uh, in many people's top 10 or even top 15, but uh, I, I am, I'm a big Schwartz guy. I don't know if he ever turns out to the fantasy asset that that we want him to be, but him and Tutu, they, they, uh, which Tutu's in my rankings a little higher. They both, uh, just, they're those home run hitters, you know? Uh, I hate whenever people say stuff like Tyree kill speed and stuff like that. Cause no one will have that. Right. But whenever you take off the pads and you're running 40 yard dashes, those guys are, are, are close to it, if not better. Um, and both of them have great acceleration. So, uh, with Schwartz, 
he can get up to top speed quickly. Uh, not the biggest guy, but just like Tutu. Uh, but he has the ability to kind of like pluck the ball out of the air. Like no one's going to beat him uh, if he gets his hands on the ball. He, he's not a receiver that like some of the names in, in our top five, top six, uh, they've had like some concentration drop issues. I know Schwartz is going to get the ball if I, if I get hands on him uh, or if the ball, if he gets hands on the ball. Now, I guess I would say if I just wanted to blab about this guy, uh, him and Tutu, I mean, they're not doing much after contact, right? So we know uh, Rondo Moore is a, is a smaller guy who kind of has some uh, breaking tackle ability. These guys don't have it. If they're hit by one NFL defender, they're going down. There's not going to be many yards after the catch uh, unless they make it kind of in like a Tommy Lee Lewis type way. So they're just the burners is what it is. Yeah. I like it. So, I mean, you got them high on your list, and these guys probably are not going to go as the number nine and ten, you know, wide receivers overall. They may, but who knows. But you're just – these are guys who need to be on people's radars then as the guys that – if they didn't get drafted in the top 10, you should be looking to draft them. Where do you think these guys have been getting drafted, um, Schwartz and uh, Tutu, as far as uh, like mock drafts for rookies? Hey, I mean, they're third and fourth rounders and, and for fantasy. Uh, as far as like a, a league standpoint, I do I do think that both of them are taken as top 10 receivers in the NFL. But whenever, oh, yeah, you, yeah. Put on, whenever you put on your, your fantasy goggles and we're looking at things like that, uh, they're they're sliding pretty far. I mean, like I said, you probably won't find them in many people's. At least Schwartz probably not in many people's top ten. Tutu probably not in many people's, uh, or Schwartz not in many people's top fifteen. Tutu not in many people's top ten. But uh, I think you get them in the right system. I like it. Heck yeah! And I was speaking on a fantasy aspect, yeah. not on, yeah, not on. I, I knew. It. I mean, we're fantasy football, man. Yep. So yeah. So these guys might be some good value in your third and fourth rounds that you might be able to swoop on someone who ends up being, uh, you know, an asset early. So I, I like both of those picks and I was uh, glad you got to talk about them. So Tutu and Swartz coming in at nine and 10. We got the speedsters. I like it. Now let's get into number eight, Elijah Moore out of Old Miss. Dude, the Moors, I, I think I have them seven and eight. Yep. Uh, and I fight myself and I hate changing rankings. Uh, I posted about it early. Like, I feel like a hypocrite. Like once I put something there, like I kind of want that to be the final answer, but man, going up to the draft, like I'm fighting myself. The more I watch, the more analytics I pull and stuff. It's like, man, like I almost want to right now say, all right, well, I would have a lot more overrun no more, but uh, I think based on ADP, I think Ronald Moore is getting a little bit more hype from the Twitter community. So that's why I have him at seven. Like, if you want him, you're going to have to take him a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, Elijah's going to stick around. But um, I, I think Elijah is is just more of that that classic receiver, uh, Ole Miss, minus the size. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. he, he's got the DK uh, Metcalf style of play, but he's not DK Metcalf size, right? Yeah. Uh, or AJ Brown for that sense, but he he has the talents that those guys have. He just lacks the uh, the size. Um, his hands are just as good, if not 
uh, better than those two guys. Like, so I, I could see him kind of being like a, a Debo Samuel in the league. Yeah, for sure. That's a good comp right there. And so, and you do got both Moors right next yeah, to you. That was funny. You were like, the more that I get this and the more that I get that, the more that I mess with these Moors. Like, that's what goes down. So, if you're like, take ADP out of it, you know, just take fantasy out of it for right now. Who do you like just more out of each one of these Moors as like an NFL like prospect? Oh, Elijah, right now, I think if, uh, Rondell like found the the right uh, system and someone who could scheme to set him up and use his explosiveness, his speed and all those things. You know, I mean, like I said, he he's one of the few small receivers who just kind of find a way to escape defenders, regardless of how big they are. So but I would say Elijah and less Rondell can can find that that schemer, that person to set it up. I really like Rondell Moore. I think that it, it excited me watching his tape because he's not big, but he's trying to like create the contact. Yeah. And I just like that how he's a small guy who is like bowling over these DBs. And I, I mean, you better not do that up against a middle linebacker, but I'd love to see him, you know, go after some NFL DBs, you know, some cornerbacks, uh, create the contact and see what he can do at the next level, but it's totally going to take the right system for him. Yeah, I think they're going to have to manufacture like his routes. Like he's going to yeah. have to be some someone that they – it's a focal point to get him involved. It's a focal point to find ways to get the ball in his hand, and it's going to have to be in unique ways because, like you said, like I don't want to see him coming across the middle against a linebacker. You know what I'm saying? Not, yeah. not at the NFL level. Yeah, and he was going across the middle in uh, college a lot, and uh, yeah. I know in college they run – I mean, so many of those crazy, you know, sets with not that many linebackers and so many DBs, and he better not be coming across the middle like that in the NFL. He's going to get laid out. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> Purdue's talent. I mean, yeah, you have Ohio State and a few other uh, good schools, good defenses, Wisconsin and stuff, but, I mean, that's not even SEC linebackers coming at you, in my opinion. Yeah. Wink and Willie, what up, bro? Glad you made it. All right, let's get into number six here. Terrace Marshall Jr., um, I, I've seen him really anywhere from the four to the six. It just seems like the first three guys are there, and then we got the second tier of guys, and really the second tier is between four and eight. Those are what I see kind of shuffled around a lot. So, yeah, tell me about Marshall Jr. So, I mean, the hat I'm wearing says it all, right? So, yeah. big, big LSU fan, uh, season ticket holder. And Terrence has made it as high as my – my top three, uh, and then this is probably the lowest six. And I, even me as an LSU fan, I feel like we're doing the same thing with him that we did with uh, Jefferson, mm -hmm. in a sense, where it's like Jamar is such a such an athlete, right? He, he's incredible. Like there's there's no receiver in this draft. I mean, give away the number one, right? There's no receiver in this draft who's going to come close to Jamar Chase. And I think the shadow that he casted over Jefferson – was kind of also casted over Terrence Marshall. And then this year, Terrence Marshall got the spotlight without him, but the quarterback situation, right? So uh, LSU started two true freshmen that were competing for a job. Uh, it, it, was it was just a bad situation overall. Um, but at the end of the year, I think 
uh, Terrence Marshall and Booty, they, they kind of came on. I mean, we'll be talking about him next year probably. Uh, but they kind of came on. He's just he, – if he plays the slot in the NFL like I think he should, uh, he's going to be one of the bigger slot guys, right? He's going to be one of the bigger guys to line up in the slot. At that point, he's going to be playing nickelbacks, some safeties walking up who aren't as good at man coverage, maybe might get some mismatches uh, with linebackers. He's going to be he's going to be one of the bigger uh, slot receivers, and his catch radius is is incredible, right? So you think of slot receivers, you think the Debo Samuel, the the Cole Beasley, Traquan Smith, like these are your traditional uh, slot receivers. And then you throw in a Terrence Marshall, like that's a that's a mismatch nightmare for any defensive coordinator who's having to send someone there, right? So this is a guy who doesn't have to just work shallow right, routes, but he can he can take your your middle, he can go over your linebackers. He can cross any of that. Like there's his route tree is, is incredible. And his size uh, makes him just such a, a mismatch. For sure. So he's someone who I think is in like, you know, tier two of these rookie wide receivers, just right outside, you know, of the top three guys. Do you think he goes in the first round? He is one of the bigger wide receivers, you know, coming. No. Uh, Second rounder. Yeah, and only because I think I think the NFL um, is getting wiser. Last year we saw Clyde Edwards was the only running back to go in the first round, right? I had him over Jonathan Taylor, still do. Uh, but so he was the only one. And then we, we saw a lot of uh, rookie wide receivers drafted, right? Yep. But we, but we didn't see a lot of uh, rookie production from an NFL standpoint besides – uh, Jefferson, right? Who was one of the the later wide receivers taken uh, of all those guys, and it was kind of a system. So I think that's why you're seeing a lot of mock drafts, not fantasy mocks, but NFL mocks. With, yeah. I mean, besides uh, Waddle Smith and and Chase, most of them are going second, third, fourth round guys, and I think that's that's probably what we're going to see. So Terrence Marshall will be the icing on someone's cake on a day two, like he, he's going to, if he lands with a really good team too, but uh, no, I don't, I don't see him going in the first. Yeah. I, I didn't think so either. Um, yeah. Chase Waddle and Smith. I, I mean, those guys, I feel like will crack the, the first round, but I don't think any of, you know, besides them are going to make it in the first. We shall see. Cause even Jefferson, he wasn't a first round pick last year. Was he, wasn't he a second round pick for the Vikings? Who, uh, Jefferson? Yeah. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, he wasn't a first. Best wide receiver in the class. There we go. Math Quest, if Kyle Pitts was a wide receiver, do you think he would break your top ten? <laughs> he'd, he'd break the top three probably. Uh, He's such a freak of nature. Yeah, no, 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 he really is. And I, I like the Vernon Davis comp that I've been seeing. I think, I think that's so spot on, but – I'm scared that whatever team he lands with uh, tries to force him to play tight end, traditional tight end, and it really caps his his fantasy ceiling uh, to start things off. Whether I mean, if if they schemed for the athlete that they have in Kyle Pitts that they draft, and they feed this man like they should, like Florida did, then huh, I mean he'll he has a chance to be the tight end one. But yeah. just the fact that I think they're going to make him 
wherever he goes, just kind of the NFL and what they've done. We've seen pretty good combines from from tight ends like Greg Olson and stuff. They force them to play this traditional tight end whenever really they're they're pass catching tight end, and it takes them years uh, to develop at that portion of the game. I really hope that he goes to a place where they're progressive thinkers and they know what they have in him. Cause I mean, I'm not saying he can't block or anything, but when you're just that gifted, why make him block? Like run a two tight end set. Well, line him up wide, you know, just figure out how to get him into space. Cause no matter who he goes up against, he's going to be a mismatch. Like no matter what. Seeing a lot of people seem to think that Atlanta wants him at four. I mean, if he, they could go back and use – well, I don't even – I wouldn't even want him the way that they used Hooper, you know, especially the way that they used their tight ends last year. Like, that was horrible. Yeah. Uh, Hurst, Hurst, his ceiling would be destroyed, right, with Pitts there. And then Pitts would never would never get the chance to be the tight end that he, he deserves to be uh, if he goes there. I hate the landing spot, but I see a lot of mock drafts. Hopefully, hopefully they trade. Out of that spot because I have seen rumors that they're opening to trading back. So yeah. I don't know why they would. If they if they're not going to use Kyle Pitts or you know I mean whoever they get, if you're not going to use them to their full advantage, yeah. sell them to someone who is so you can get a lot of uh, picks back in return for that. Because like you know, their record was piss poor, like they don't have the glaring needs to stay at number four. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah, trade back get some compensation and, and build a, a solid team with good debt. So, yep. Hell yeah. Mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch. She can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics or tried and true bestsellers movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. All right. Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. So um, he's a junior, 6'2". So he is one of the – I mean, it seems like this class is like small compared to – I mean, there's no 6'5 guys, no 6'4 guys really. Well, I guess Nico Collins is 6'4", but – what do you think about Rashad Bateman? Man, I, I had him in my top four uh, just from the the eye test, you know, watching film and highlights and all those things. And then I always like to I'm, – I'm not an analytics guy. I'm not a film guy, right? I like to kind of combine both. And whenever I pulled the analytics and I saw that he, he has a drop rate of almost 10% throughout his uh, collegiate career. And then last year he has a 22% drop rate. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. That dude dropped a lot. I mean, that's almost a fourth of, of the passes coming your way. You drop. Not this is catchable passes. This isn't, you know, this isn't just like overthrowns and whatnot. This guy is actually dropping those. A lot of people blame it on concentration and whatnot. Like he wasn't fully there because he had opted out at the beginning of the year and then he decided to come back. Um, but if you just watch the eye test, if, you, if you're just watching film, this guy's an animal, right? He's a monster. Uh, but in 2019, he looked a whole hell of a lot better than he did in 2020, if you watch it. And, I mean, COVID had those effects on a lot of people. Uh, it, hurt, it hurt more than 
just some players opting out and us not to get get to watch them. But some some of the players heads weren't weren't in the game, and I think it shows twenty two percent dropper. If he does that in the NFL, we'll be talking about him like he's a Ted Ginn Jr. or something five years from now. The, those are percentages that I've never heard before. So yeah. I'm glad that you brought them up because, like, right now I'm just already like Bateman is just dropping. Like in my in my yeah. own rankings in my head, he is already <laughs> dropping. Um, twenty two percent drop rate. Like, yeah, that is. Yeah, that was last year. So, so we we shall see. I mean, either yeah, way, I think the worst part about it is his his drop rate has uh, increased every season uh, at Minnesota. So that's that's bad. I mean, everyone wants to pin it on concentration, but uh, even in 2019, he had problems with drops. Yeah, that's trending in the wrong direction. I mean, even like like the quarterbacks was the most recent um, position where I was just like tracking a bunch of things. And I like looking at the sacks, you know, to see if they're taking more sacks, you know, as a senior than they do as a junior and all that. And I hate seeing trends where players are getting worse in certain stat categories as they get closer to the NFL. Cause why would we expect them to turn it around going into the NFL when you're going up against better competition? I don't Yeah. Well, let's get into number four, Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Uh, I really like him. Um, you got him really high, so tell me why you why you like him and you got him in your top four. Well, I mean, I think the the reason I love him so much is I think he he along with the other top three, maybe I mean you could probably take Smith out of there with this statement that I'm going to say. But I think these are kind of like just plug and play, right? There's 32 offenses. This guy's going to succeed in 32 off offenses, right? There, there's no – no one needs to scheme him in or anything like that. Like, uh, he, he never played with an elite quarterback. He, he never did a lot of those things, right? So, um, I think he's just a plug-and-play. He's a wide receiver 2-3 from year one. Uh, good TD upside, but I think – his ceiling is relatively low compared to some of the guys even behind him, but I think his floor is so much higher. Uh, so this is kind of like one of those safe plays. Like I, I'd be, I would take him uh, here over Bateman, even though I know that Bateman has upside way higher than him, right? If Bateman can get the drops under control, if he lands with the right team, but Tony, like I feel comfortable with his floor no matter where he lands. It's a difference when you're ready to just be plugged into any NFL offense. I, I, that that makes a huge difference if a team doesn't have to change anything around to get you in the mix. Yeah, I mean he, he can do it all. He, him like Terrence Marshall, like their route trees are are some of the best. Uh, they're just proficient at everything, and he can break tackles and he can turn on the burners too. I mean, uh, he, he's he's fast with pads on. He's he's a ball player. There we go. So um, who would you say – where would you put him out of all the route runners in um, – like out of this class? Because I know there's some guys who are speedsters. Would you say he's one of the better route runners out of everybody here? Yeah, uh, I would say that uh, as far as like smooth route running, well, maybe not, right? But I think as far as just expanded route tree and the ability to run any route in the NFL, I think he's up there in the top two, three. I wouldn't say that he's like – the best route runner, like because uh, Ronda Moore can make cuts on the dime, right? That guy, he he can run some crisp routes, but his route tree is limited because of his size. 
Um, yep. But with Tony, I don't, I don't see that problem. I like it. Let's talk about Devonta Smith. So these top three, it, everybody it, – I've seen it flip-flopped. Well, I mean, Jamar Chase, he's pretty much number one everywhere now, but I've seen it flip-flopped a lot. What would you say is a pro for Smith, and then what would you say is the biggest knock? I'm going to make you knock the top three guys because we already know why they're good. I want to know why you think that – what are the negatives against them? I think I have the same negative as everyone, uh, and it was his weight, right, his, his BMI whenever he – he weighed in, and uh, I don't. I don't think any wide receiver with that BMI has ever been successful in the NFL. Uh, Chad Johnson, I saw as a comp. So, but even Chad Johnson was thicker than him, and Chad Johnson added a lot of weight uh, in his first two, three years in the league. So that would be my biggest downfall, right, on Smith. And uh, the biggest upside for him is, well, I mean, he's the Heisman Trophy winner, right? He can get it done. He's not a one-trick pony, a lot like Tony, plug-and-play, uh, and most offenses, right? So he might have some limitations because because of his his weight. Uh, but as far as, like, his route tree, he's good, right? He, he's got great hands. He can work inside. He can work outside. Uh, I think wherever he goes, he'll probably uh, be on the outside uh, just to avoid getting hit as much yep. because of his weight. Uh not so much height. I mean, I, what he's six one, huh? Six one, yeah. Yeah, I think so. So it's not so much a height issue. He can go up. He can get the ball. He he's an incredible athlete. And I mean, Heisman Trophy winners always are. Um, yeah. I, I just that BMI scares me, and I I, I put uh, Jalen over him right whenever that weight came out. I was like, because what it was one seventy, right? Is that what he said they'd be weighed in at? Yeah, it was 170-something, man. That's that's crazy. So, I mean, that's even lower than the numbers that, I mean, ESPN has him listed as and all that because he's listed at 175. So even taking off five pounds off of that, like, yeah. yeah I, think, I think the highest that Alabama had him weighed in in their pregame uh, weights last season was 181. <laughs> uh, and that's <laughs> that, Yeah, that dude was strength, so <laughs> – let's get into Jalen Waddle. So, like I said, I, I've seen all these guys kind of flip-flopped. Um, to me, at least from what I've seen, it just seemed like Waddle was just burning everybody like crazy. And I'm just wondering, like, is that going to change in the NFL or are people going to be able to keep up with him a little bit? Um, talk about his speed first um, come, uh, before we start, before you knock him a little bit. No, yeah, his speed is what is what sets him apart uh, from a lot of the, the guys against him. Uh, but just like Devontae, he'll probably struggle against the bigger corners, the safeties. But his speed is something that defensive coordinators are going to have to scheme against, right? You're going to have to pull that safety to that side. It, it, if anything, he's going to complement whatever receiver uh, is on the opposite side whenever he's drafted, right? Uh, he's – He's extremely talented, but it's it's a raw talent, right? So there's guys on this list who who are kind of already at a pro level, right? They're, they're fine-tuned machines. Uh, they're cone like this guy needs to uh, land with a wide receiver coach who who can develop him and uh, let him meet his 
his talent expectations or or possibilities, right? So if if this guy cleaned up his game a little bit, he he could easily jump Jamar once we get to the NFL. I'm not going to say in pre-draft rankings or anything like this, but a year or two down the road, we're looking at this. This guy is a guy that I could see ranking as the uh, the number one from this class a couple of years later. But he 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 does have a very raw talent, so that's sometimes scary. For sure. And when we talk about these top guys, I mean, we all get hyped a little bit. And I try to just bring the hype down and try to nitpick a little bit and play devil's advocate just because we can't, everything can't be positive about all these guys, you know. And one thing that I keep thinking about when I think of Waddle is I think of someone like Ruggs, someone who is just a burner, who didn't end up in the right situation. Um, and I'm just not too high on now at all um i wasn't really that high on him last year but we saw a high he went in the nfl draft uh what do you think as like a rugs like comp i mean it's a fair comp just because they're both raw and fast uh but at the same time you could almost like be like oh well you're, you're just trying to fit like a, a you're trying to fit him into a mold right so I think we both know that he, he's a little bit more of a talent than than Ruggs were, uh, yep. was. Um, I, I think he'll he'll have more success than than Ruggs has had in his rookie season, right? But it's another situation where you were like, well, hey, Ruggs didn't land in his dream destination, uh, and he kind of paid the piper, and so did fantasy uh, owners. So, I mean, I could see it, but I just think he's raw, and if if he develops. Then, then we're talking sky's the limit, right? So now a lot of a lot of the talks about Jefferson was the 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 cloud was cast over him because Jamar was so good. A lot of people thought Jefferson uh, was kind of raw coming in, and he got it together within six seven games. Yep. So and not, I mean, I'm not going to say that he has the NFL figured out. We've seen rookies have great seasons and then have huge sophomore and junior dips, right? But it kind of seems like he figured it out rather quickly. Some some college receivers they they look extremely raw at that level, and it could just be, you know, whenever you're a kid, maybe you're the most talented guy on the field. You don't have to do everything perfect, right? You're faster than them, you're bigger than them, you're stronger than them. Uh, you can just kind of be lazy. But then in the NFL, like you have to you have to know that everyone there is fast, everyone there is strong. Like they all deserve to be there. And then you kind of have to fine tune your game uh, and just, uh, I just guess, uh, I can't even think of the word, but. Uh, I know what you mean. I'm picking up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you think Waddle's going in the middle of the first round in the NFL draft kind of, I mean, like Ruggs did? Yeah, I think I think he'll he'll be the second receiver taken. And I hope he lands in a place that uses him right because, yeah, Ruggs, really bad landing spot. I don't think his rookie season is has anything to do with his talent. I just think he landed in the wrong place uh, with the Raiders. Yeah, I'd love to see him uh, go over to Philadelphia and make Hurts just I – mean, I think Hurts would just go through the, the sky, through the roof if, if he ended up there. Heck, yeah. Heck, yeah. All right, let's get into number one, Jamar Chase. Uh, we're going to hear a lot about him over this uh, next month. Dude is a stud. Yeah. Uh, 
where do you start? So he, he's a day one starter, right? So no one's drafting him to develop him. Uh, I said, Tony's a plug and play. Like this guy is your plug and play. Uh, he He's probably going to, he's probably going to start as a Z receiver, work his way around to every position. But I think day one, that that's where he is. Uh, he has great route running, great speed. There's not really many knocks on his game other than the fact that he played in the greatest college football offense of all time. And you don't know how he's going to do if he lands with a team that is sub part of that, right? Um, he, he's going to beat uh, NFL corners. He's going to beat them at zone. He, he knows how to read the zone. He knows how to find the holes. He can beat you deep. Um, he can beat press coverage. Like this guy, I, I don't even know where to knock him besides the fact that he played on such a good offense. He had Joe Burrow. Uh, he had Jefferson, uh, Terrence Marshall, like taking away a lot of stuff. He had Clyde, like they had to respect every element of the game. So teams couldn't really double him, right? Like they can some of the other guys on this list. And we don't know how he would have looked playing with the the caliber that Terrence Marshall had to play with this year, right? So if he had come back, he might not be in the top five on this list. Who knows, right? Uh, because everyone's so like short – Short-sighted. We we see what we see, and and that's it. Uh, Jamar was smart by by sitting out the year, but I don't think you can get me to knock him for anything physically or just intelligence-wise. No, it would just be that he had such a good sur- supporting cast. Yeah. What up, Jordan? IDP Army. IDP represent. I like it. Thanks for showing up, bro. It's funny that, you know, the biggest knock against him is you were way too good and your team was way too good. So we just don't know if that, you know, how good you were is going to translate to the NFL. (laughs) That's the only way you can knock them. Uh, I mean, can you think of one? No, hell no. Like everything that he, that I saw, I don't watch much college football, um, but all the tape and everything that I saw, I mean, he was dominating everybody and yeah, he, might not have been getting double teamed, you know, that much, but I don't know when you got, when you got that many good players on your squad, it's tough to double team anybody. And I think Clemson, Clemson attempted to to double team him a little bit in the national championship. And he proved that even against some of the best defenders, like he, he's going to make it happen. So. Hell yeah. So I'm really excited. He's going in the top 10, right? Someone's yeah. going to move up to grab him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a top six pick. You think uh, Miami made those moves to where they're going to get him at number six if he's available? Dude, that's what I'm leaning to. (laughs) I don't know if I like that, though, for for fantasy purposes. Like, for NFL, that might be good. I really want to see him go to a place where he can get the volume that Jefferson got last year, maybe even more. Yeah, well, I mean – we don't know what kind of jump two is going to take in year two. And uh, I think a lot of us are still holding on to the fact that Devontae Parker had his fifth year breakout, even though last year, you know, he, he didn't follow up with it. Um, I, I don't know. So if we're, if we're holding Devontae Parker to, to what he did in his breakout season and then what Tua did last year, where it's kind of like, uh, and it sounds like an awful it sounds like an awful landing spot. It really does. But if you if you can know that Devontae Parker's not doing that again, right? Devontae Parker is Devontae Parker. Okay, he is who he is. And Tua has 
he's a better quarterback than what he showed. We saw that at Alabama, right? So yeah. hip injuries are, are something serious. So um, I think they get him at six. That maybe they draft a running back early in the in the second. Um, teams will have to respect the box, right? So Gaskin, we all love him because he, he saved some of our fantasy teams. But at the end of the day, Gaskin's not an RB one in, in the NFL. So right. No, no one treats him like that. No defensive coordinator saying, "Damn, Gaskins is back there." You know, it doesn't happen. So, um, if Jamar lands there and they end up getting a, a running back in the second, I feel great about it. I'm excited. I, I hope that the Dolphins, you know, let Tua cook a little bit because it was crazy how everything everything switched. You know, just within their two week, you know, bye week period where Fitzpatrick, the gunslinger, you know, got turned into conservative to a you know moving the ball very slowly but surely so i i hope they uh, let to uncork it a little bit if they get someone like chase they better oh yeah well thanks man for coming on i like getting everybody's perspective especially because i don't you know cover rookies that much so trying to uh, hear a little bit about the process hear everybody's takes on everything so appreciate you coming on and tell everybody where to find you at and everything that you got going on yeah, man. Uh, Twitter, Elvin Ryan underscore FF. And then on Patreon, uh, Fantasy Feeds, where proceeds from my fantasy advice go to feeding America's hunger. Good stuff. Good stuff. Make sure you support Elvin's Patreon. Appreciate you guys. So we got another show coming up tomorrow. We're going to be doing a rookie mock draft. And I got my homie John coming on. It's going to be awesome. Another personality from uh, Fantasy Twitter is going to be awesome. I'm going to be posting about that a little bit later today and tomorrow. It's going to be good stuff. And thanks, Antonio. Appreciate you being here till the end, bro. And we will see everybody later. We got a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, make sure you get on the Sports Me app. If you guys aren't on the Sports Me app, go get that downloaded. It's freaking awesome. 30-second takes. You get to talk shit to each other. Get go into battles um, over sports talk. It is, uh, it is awesome. So go download it. Sports Me, it is on everywhere, iOS and Google. So go check it out. And we'll see everybody later. Peace out. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.